0: Good morning, church. Is that up? You can hear me, right? So I want to introduce you to our guest preacher. <laughs> her name is Valentina. You want to say hi? Say hi. She's a great singer. Hon, can she be with the worship leaders? <laughs> so the reason I brought her up here is this is my granddaughter, my first grandchild. And I've told a lot of you about her. Now you get to see her. And, yeah, what you, say, hello, banana. <laughs> but this is Valentina, guys. She's, um, how old she? A year and 17 months already. Oh, my gosh. How many of you have grandkids? <laughs> oh, I oh God. this is the second service. This is the young oh. people. <laughs> that was a question for the first service. But um, let's put up the slide. I want to take a look at the last verse first of Nehemiah, chapter 12, verse 43. And the reason we want to look at that is because... Five times joy or rejoice is mentioned in it, and the topic, the title of our message today is To Rejoice is a Choice. Can you say that with me? To rejoice is a choice. Yes. So, let's look at this, and I got to tell you, like, first service, uh, we sang every word that had joy or rejoiced in it, Um, and everybody was great, right? Like, we're going to have a choir for Christmas, (laughs) but will you join me in doing this? Yeah? So, how it goes is like this. I'll read, and every time we get to the underlined words, we'll sing them. Can you say... Rejoice. Rejoice. Oh, you guys are good too. Rejoice. Rejoice. And then we'll do joy the same way. Joy. Joy. Rejoice. Joy. 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 Rejoice. Joy. Awesome. All right, let's do this. And they offered great sacrifices that day and. For God had made them with great joy. Now last time, get real loud. To the women and children also. And louder. And the joy of Jerusalem was heard everywhere. Imagine if Hope Midtown Church became a church known for its joy and rejoicing. And people all around, near and far heard about the joy of the lord here amazing that was good guys thank you for going along oh if you thought you were in children's church yeah. kids church <laughs> that was this morning <laughs> but we are in a sense in children's church right cuz we're god's children so you got to be free and loose I'm Ronaldo, one of the pastors here at Hope Midtown Church, and I want to pray. Let's pray before we begin. Come, Holy Spirit, and preach through me. Bring joy to our hearts and make us rejoice with great joy. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, our sermon series, God's work of renewal in the book of Nehemiah, comes to an end next week. I don't know how long we've been on this, but... It's ending next week, chapter 13. I was like, what is that? July 4th was when? <laughs> like a long time ago. But in this chapter 12, this passage, 27 to 43, God's renewal work comes to a dramatic climax. God's wall is built, his gates repaired. The city is well defended and filled with his people, their hearts renewed with God, once again, the center of their lives. The time has come to celebrate, celebrate the dedication of the wall. And what a celebration it is. Imagine two great choirs, Not one. Two great choirs giving thanks to God. And they're leading an elaborate procession, you know, double procession, around the city, on top of the walls. And they meet in the house of God and praise him. And they rejoice, for God made them rejoice with great joy. Now, I struggle with rejoicing. When I face hardships, rejoicing doesn't come easy. Like last month, it's 10 p.m. I'm texting with someone whose spouse went to ER. I'm praying, preparing to be at the hospital with them but there were several family members with them, and so I didn't need to go. I continue to pray for them. I feel like they're my family, though I'd never met them before, but we are family and God's family. I let them know if they need anything. Just let me know that I and the church are here for them. After a while, I get a text. He'll undergo a test and then be taken to ICU. The next morning, I get another text. He's gone. My heart breaks. I know what it's like to lose a loved one. Some of you do too. I grieve Still grieving, four days later, I get a text from my cousin. At the emergency room with my mom, say a prayer. That hit me hard. I pray. Close to two weeks in the hospital, the doctors and the caregivers are preparing next steps and options. Palliative care or hospice, home care. I know all too well about hospice care. It triggered memories of my mom and my caregiving with her three months at home hospice care. My heart aches for her. by her side, holding her hand, my son, on the other side of her. Her final breath. Sunday comes around and I drag myself to church. Heavy hearted, I struggle to worship and rejoice in the Lord. I imagine that You too, many of you struggle to worship and rejoice the Lord in difficulties, right? Most of us too. Some of you may be facing the death of a loved one today, and it's hard for you to rejoice in the Lord. And please, if you are facing death of a loved one, please let us know how we can comfort you and how we can help you. Because we're here for you. We're also offering a Facing Mortality Together workshop in the fall to help our community face death together. Death is a part of life. I encourage you to sign up for it. But maybe you're not facing death today, but you're not feeling good. Like this morning, I came in with a stomach, really bad stomach ache. Um... You weren't even sure if you'd make it here today, or you're lonely, or you're depressed. And it's so hard to rejoice in the Lord when we're feeling bad, right? Some of you may be looking for work, and you're feeling discouraged because you've been looking for so long and no offers. Or maybe you do have work, a job, and it's frustrating and it's stressful. Maybe you're here today with unresolved family issues and conflicts with friends. You're distracted. You find it hard to rejoice to the Lord this morning. Some of us may have deadlines for work and school, and you're behind in it, and, and you psh, just exhausted, stressed out. Maybe you didn't get sleep last night. And you can hardly stay awake and alert. I won't be offended if I see some of you nodding. (laughs) It happens. (laughs) Maybe you're a parent with a newborn or toddler. Caring for them and keeping up with them leaves you drained. Maybe kids had a meltdown (laughs) this morning. Or, you know, you just had trouble getting here. You know how... Sometimes our transportation system on Sunday kind of, they kind of, seems like they check out. <laughs> Maybe our hearts just aren't in the right place. You know, humdrum heart instead of a heart of worship. That happens to us too. And I want to say, if you're experiencing any of these things, I mean, Please, 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 please come up for prayer. So our prayer team would love to pray for you. We're not meant to bear burdens alone. These burdens make it hard for us to rejoice in the Lord. And sometimes rejoicing in the Lord can seem so impossible. But it's not. Some of us know this. Some of us don't. But... One thing that makes rejoicing possible is intentionally choosing to rejoice, deliberately choosing to rejoice. To rejoice is a choice. So how can we rejoice when we're facing hardship and difficulties? Let's look at what God has to say about it through Nehemiah. Now, when we read Nehemiah and the last verse everybody's rejoicing and full of joy and it's a big celebration You know, some of those people had to be going through some difficulties, right? Like all those people could not be Difficult free or hardship free There's always something going on in our lives And Nehemiah, oh my goodness, he was dealing with all kinds of problems The administration and practice of storing temple and personnel contributions wasn't going well. It was a fiasco. And he was facing problems with his own people and opponents, which if you want to read about it, it's described in chapter 12, Nehemiah chapter 12, 44 through chapter 13, 31. But the the thing here, the key is, the amazing thing here, with all these problems, Nehemiah chooses to rejoice. The Israelites choose to rejoice. We have a choice to rejoice or not rejoice. How do they rejoice? Now, let's take a look at the Hebrew translation of rejoice. To rejoice means to be joyful, to be glad. To be glad in the Hebrew is to rejoice with exaltation, showing gladness by outward signs, not just keeping it to ourselves, like, oh, I'm rejoicing in a corner, but No! I rejoice and also it's singing and dancing louder expressions of it remember King David he danced before the Ark of the Covenant now Nehemiah doesn't mention dancing but I'm sure they were dancing but then I thought oh wait a minute they're on top of a high wall (laughs) and we don't know how wide that was and might make a spin and boom, fall off. <laughs> and so I don't know if they were dancing. But anyway, Word of God doesn't say that. Nehemiah doesn't say that they were singing. Just like we saw joy and rejoice repeated so many times in the last verse, if we looked throughout this particular passage. He's talking about singing and singers and choirs. There's a lot of singing going on. Verse 27 And at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought the Levites in all their places to bring them to Jerusalem to celebrate with dedication, with gladness, with thanksgivings, and with what? Come on, guys, rejoice. <laughs> Singing with singing. And just a side note here. You'll notice in this passage that Nehemiah talks about Levites and he talks about priests. And the difference between them is that they're all Levites from the tribe of Levi. But the priests had to be from the direct line of Aaron. All the other Levites were musicians and singers who were not a part of that direct line. So to be a priest, you had to be the direct line of Aaron. And the priests were the ones that did all the sacrifices and everything. But the Levites, that Nehemiah is talking about here, they were the musicians. They were the singers. Singing, is an essential element in rejoicing. And, you know, singing is so important to God. It's mentioned over 200 times in the Bible. And just to name a few, uh, Psalm 96, Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Can we do our little singing thing? Same note. Da, da. Every time we see sing in this passage, and remember your joy note, too, when it comes up. So when I read, we're going to sing. (laughs) Sing. We're going to sing, (laughs) sing. And sing joy. Psalm 95. Come, let us sing. Some are singing and some are speaking. (laughs) All right. Sing. Beautiful, so come, let us sing for to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the Rock of our salvation. Let us come before Him with thanksgiving and install Him with music. And even though it's not sing song, (laughs) very good. Psalm one forty seven seven. Sing to the Lord, with thanksgiving. You guys are great. Oh my gosh. This great voices. Um, you know, God loves to hear us sing, even if we don't have great voices, because he hears our heart in the singing. My grandmother, when I was a little kid, I used to sit next to her in church. I was about like seven years old. And the thing is, is that The only reason you knew she was singing the same song as everybody else is because the lyrics were the same. (laughs) Everything else was like, (laughs) it was really off. But I loved it because she was singing from her heart with joy and rejoicing, even though she wasn't, you know, singing the melody. And I'm not just talking about somebody off pitch. I mean, this was really like different notes, And the interesting thing is, it was loud. (laughs) So, sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Now, thanksgiving is another way the Israelites choose to express joy and rejoicing. Let's look at all the times that giving thanks and thankfulness is mentioned in this passage. Verse 27, at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought the Levites, we know what Levites are now, and all their places to bring them to Jerusalem to celebrate the dedication with gladness and with thanksgiving and with singing. You see in verse 31, the choirs that sang, they sang thanks, they gave thanks. Why give thanks to God? Psalm 107, verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. That kind of, that's hard for us to grasp, right? Like forever. We're so in the moment, but... That's amazing. It's like it never ends. His love never ends. And give thanks for God because he's good. And he's a good father. And he's wise, too. He wants us to learn thanksgiving. He wants to form in all of our hearts a heart of gratitude. Because you know what? Without gratitude, we become arrogant and self-centered, and we begin to forget about God. We believe everything we achieved, we did, on our own. A heart of gratitude keeps us humble. A heart of gratitude acknowledges God as our provider. We're prone to focus on what we don't have. Giving thanks to God daily reminds us of what we do have. When we focus on our blessings, guess what? Our joy grows. Joy and thanksgiving are connected. Now, for sure, we're going to have disappointments. We're going to have hurts and sorrows. But God's word says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. We're here to give thanks in pleasant circumstances that we like and love. And we're to give thanks in unpleasant sanctification. Uh, circumstances that we don't like it's not about feeling it's about love to God in all circumstances pleasant and unpleasant we're to give thanks this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for us it's not that we're supposed to be grateful for a tragedy you, all, you get that right God doesn't want us to be thankful for a tragedy, but we're supposed to be grateful in it. We can be thankful for God in the midst of tragedy. He sustains us in it. He gives us strength in it to endure and even joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Remember when we were studying Nehemiah 8? The joy of the Lord is our strength. We can be Thankful, we can have thankful hearts toward God when we don't feel thankful in circumstances. We can grieve and still be thankful. We can hurt and still be thankful. You know, I love the way Steve Ackerson, he's the author of a book called Joy That Renews, he explains what being thankful at all times is. Being thankful at all times is a sign that you are living in freedom that you refuse to be captive to the events of life. It also shows that you recognize that God is in control, not you. Being thankful, even in the face of bad news, will release you from the dread of the news and put you on solid ground to deal with the situation with a clear mind. And a thankful mindset is one of the means by which God delivers goodness into your life. Nehemiah had a thankful mindset, celebrating with thanksgiving and appointing two great choirs that gave thanks despite all his problems. And I pray that we all develop a thankful mindset like Nehemiah and the Israelites in the midst of our hardships and our difficulties. They chose to give thanks, they chose to sing, they chose to rejoice. To rejoice is a choice. Why should we rejoice today? Jesus. 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 At the birth of Jesus, angels announced to shepherds in Luke 2.10, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. And at the end of Jesus' life, he said in John 15, 10 through 11, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in love, just as I have kept my Father's commandment and I abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. He tells us these things so his joy may be in us and our joy be full. You know, it's mind-boggling that Jesus is offering us joy at an unpleasant moment. In a few hours, he's about to be crucified. I mean, the way he's talking, it doesn't sound like a person who's about to be crucified in a few hours. I mean, would you be thinking about joy if you were about to be crucified? I don't think I would be. (laughs) But Jesus was. Jesus did. He's thinking about all of us. He's thinking about joy. Hebrews 12, 2. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Before Jesus' betrayal and crucifixion, he prays to our Father in heaven, John seventeen thirteen. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they, us, may have the full measure of my joy within them. We share in his joy when we understand the implications Of his work on the cross. He died on the cross to forgive our sins. And reconcile us to God. He died on the cross to give us eternal life with him. He put a new spirit in us. The Holy Spirit to destroy the controlling power of sin in our lives. And he removes our stone hearts. And he gives us a new heart a God-willed, spirit-led heart, not a self-willed, self-led heart. His spirit enables us to experience God's love for us and enables us to respond to his love. The Holy Spirit enables us to experience joy. Joy is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. He enables us to rejoice with great joy. This is the joy that Jesus gives us. Jesus is our joy. Great reasons to rejoice, don't you think? For those of us who know him, great, great reasons. For those of us who don't, You may not know him. And we pray that his spirit would speak to your heart and give you the desire to know him. When we realize the joy Jesus gives us, we'll choose to rejoice. Nehemiah, Back to that last verse again, full of joy. Verse 43b, he says that they rejoiced for God made them rejoice with great joy. God gave them a reason to rejoice. Jesus has given us a reason to rejoice. It's not easy to rejoice when all the difficulties and hardships and the burdens come upon us. But I think about Paul. Oh, my goodness. Paul's in prison, in stocks. And he, he writes this, his last exhortation letter to the Philippians, Philippians 4.4. 4. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. And those prisons are not like our prisons today. Our prisons today would be like a luxury hotel or something. The the prisons back then were like a hole in the ground. Dank. Cold. Cold in stocks, and chains. And he's saying, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. To help us with rejoicing, I want to make a suggestion, give an invitation to all of us to start singing to God daily, not just in church on Sunday. I used to do that a long time ago. And then for some reason, You know, I'm just so busy in a week, I don't think about it. I say my prayers, I speak to God, um, but I was singing mainly on Sunday. And as I was meditating on this passage, um, I asked God, like, what do you want to say to me through this passage that we've been looking at? And I sensed him say, sing. I wasn't expecting that. And I said, is that what you're saying to me, sing? And I heard sing. So I started singing daily. He was like, sing daily. And this is during a time, what I mentioned to you about the death of the person and my cousin and their diagnosis. But I started singing daily to him. And, you know, it doesn't have to be songs that are written But, like, instead of, like, we say, dear God, you know, help me with this, just let the Spirit, just make up a song, you know, dear God, help me with this. It doesn't matter how you sound. He hears your heart in this song. But there's something about song and music that he created that touches us in a way that just words don't. And he loves singing. He loves to hear us sing. So, I give you that invitation. I feel it's God's invitation to all of us to start singing daily. Like, make a choice (laughs) to sing to him daily. I want to leave you with... um, Some encouragement by Matt Gilman. He's a worship leader with the International House of Prayer. And he encourages us, us, despite our depression or other difficulties, to sing. He said, whether you're enjoying the success of your greatest victory or you're struggling in the depths of your deepest valley, sing. Just sing. If you don't think you have a good voice, Just sing anyway. Go to your secret place. Sing out your joy. Sing your songs of rejoicing. Sing out of your pain. Sing your songs of lament because he's for you, he's with you, and he will lead you through these difficult circumstances with grace and perfection. Choose to sing daily with a grateful heart. Sing thanks to God for the blessings in your life. And we all have blessings. The fact that you're here today, that you woke up this morning, that you're breathing, everybody has blessings. I was preaching at St. Paul's house on Friday, and there are homeless people there. And they got it. They're like, I'm blessed. I have friends. I'm breathing. Many of us have so much more in terms of material things and shelter and this and that and the other. Let's start giving thanks and singing the thanks to God. And... I'm feeling more joy, even though my circumstances haven't changed. There's joy rising up in our heart, and we can have both. I think about Jesus. Jesus wept, but Jesus was full of joy, too. And that's what I'm finding. It's like I weep for my cousin. I weep for that family. I grieve for them. But I also experience joy in the midst of it when I rejoice in our joy. To rejoice is a choice. I pray that we all choose to rejoice in the Lord.